It is officially the last and final Speak Now Pro Wrestling of the 2022 year. Uh, hey there, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo here on F4W Online, and it is Friday, December 30th, and we are going to be chatting WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Now, SmackDown had kind of a whole lot to talk about here today, so that is going to take up the majority of this show. And then we do have a couple of items to close us out for AEW Rampage. So uh, this is it, guys. The 2022 year of wrestling uh, coming to an end. Um, I'm very excited to talk about SmackDown today because we had some unexpected, uh, well, a major surprise that happened that turned into a whole other thing. And I cannot wait to talk about that here today. But before we get started, just a heads up, everybody. Uh, you guys know this is a very interactive show i will be pulling out your comments as we go throughout the entire stream and if you do want to make sure to support this podcast and just keep me funded i know it sounds funny to say keep me funded but uh, if you want to go ahead and support this podcast you are more than welcome at any point to send in a super chat and i will make sure to read those and i actually have one from earlier today that i didn't get to read so i am going to make sure to read it on this podcast but we have our first one here from darf steven 777 who says happy new year denise thank you for all the content this year and for allowing me to call in on the amp show that everyone needs to check out uh thank you so much steven for uh, checking out that show and for being a caller i appreciate that uh, a whole lot and I hope that I can find a way maybe next year to do like a call-in thing here uh, I just don't know how to figure that stuff out so if I can figure it out then we can make it happen but for now it'll just be what it is uh, but either way thank you so much to Steven for sending uh, this super chat in and we actually had another super chat that came in earlier on a previous show that I did and I didn't get to read it so this is from Taylor Cannon who said hey Denise I really enjoy all your content wishing you both a happy new year and even more success in 2023 and this was from Taylor Cannon. So I want to make sure that I actually read it um, from the previous show that I did. Um, all right. So now let's get in to SmackDown. And we're going to kick things off with Bray Wyatt. So Bray Wyatt has sort of been this like hot topic, uh, I would say, amongst maybe all wrestling podcasts. I know for sure he's kind of been a hot topic here because, you know, some weeks haven't necessarily been too great for Bray Wyatt. There have been some weeks where I thought, you know what? This is good. Then there's other weeks where I'm like, oh, this is bad. And here's the thing. Like, I want to get into this Bray Wyatt stuff. I really do, guys. I want to be a big fan. I want to be carried away with a really, really good story. But so far, it really hasn't been much, to be honest. And so Bray Wyatt comes out. And we kind of get the exact same thing that we've been getting the last couple of weeks. It's pretty much been the exact same thing to the point where I'm starting to feel like Bray Wyatt's therapist because he comes out and he's like you know he starts off by saying uh I don't think of myself as a good person but I definitely try and this is something we've been hearing every time he goes out into the ring he always starts off about how he's so thankful to be there and he loves the fans and this and that and he tries to be a good person but you know what he talks about having uh he doesn't normally carry regrets but that he does have regrets after what he did to the camera man last week and he apologizes for attacking the cameraman so obviously we get this super um, mixed version of Bray Wyatt where he comes out and he's you know this nice guy and then next thing you know he's kind of like that shit nuts so that's what's been going on with Bray Wyatt and it's been the exact same thing uh each and every single week since he returned uh after this 
he ends up being interrupted. So this gets cut short, which I'm glad they cut this short because I don't think I could probably sit next. I don't want to hear the exact same thing every single week. So LA Knight comes out and I was laughing so hard because he comes out in the world's skinniest skinny jeans ever. Okay. Um, so he comes out in those really skinny, skinny jeans, but it's funny because I shared a picture on Twitter and like all the girls were like, Oh my God, this is so hot. This and that. So I guess it's working. Right. Um, Ali Knight comes out, he calls him a fraud and basically challenges him to a match at the Royal Rumble. And he accepts. And then we end up getting Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy comes out. And last time Uncle Howdy came out, he just came out and he started laughing. Like, oh, that's all he was doing. He was just laughing. And then Ali Knight was like, what the fuck's going on? You know, he had just gotten kidnapped not too long ago. And this time he's like, what the hell's going on? And there's all this laughing. And that's how the segment ended last week. So this time he comes out and ends up hitting the sister Abigail on Bray Wyatt. So you're wondering what the hell's going on. Why did Bray Wyatt come out and ascend? I mean, excuse me. Why did Uncle Howdy come out and essentially attack Bray Wyatt? So there's a lot of people speculating online that that's not the uh, real Uncle Howdy, that it may be somebody else underneath, uh, you know, maybe a different Uncle Howdy, a different Uncle Howdy. I don't know anymore, okay? My first assumption when uh, when Uncle Howdy basically did the Sister Abigail on Bray Wyatt, my whole thought was, okay, maybe he is pissed off at Bray Wyatt because he wants Bray Wyatt, because this is what we've been hearing from him. He wants Bray Wyatt to be his true self, which is the ugly side of Bray that we've been seeing. Not the nice guy, Bray, but like the mean, savage, uh, I'm going to do the mandible claw on the camera, man, uh, Bray Wyatt. So that's what I originally thought. But then everybody was like, okay, well, maybe it's somebody else. Um, I don't know anymore. I feel like this whole thing with Bray Wyatt has been a very, very slow burn. And I've just kind of been picking out pieces that I really enjoy. But in terms of like the entire thing as a whole, it really hasn't been, um, you know, it hasn't been hot stuff, right? You want to keep things moving. You want to keep things going fast. So anyways, I had said previously, I think last week, because somebody asked, when exactly are we going to see Bray Wyatt actually have a match? Like, when is this match finally going to happen? And I remember saying, like, it's going to probably be until the Royal Rumble. And he's been here now for months, but and we still got about a whole month till the Royal Rumble. And from the looks of it, that's that's when we're finally going to see Bray Wyatt's wrestle. And here's the thing, though. So you're probably thinking, okay, Bray Wyatt, LA Knight, regular, regular old singles match. No, not exactly. Later on on the show, it is announced that there is going to be it. Uh, they're calling this the pitch black match. Um, so pitch black ma uh, mask. I do a match. I don't know what exactly that means <laughs> because I'm thinking about this and I'm like, okay, are they just going to turn out the lights? Is this what's going to happen? They're just going to turn out the lights and rustle in the dark, which is kind of freaking pointless in my opinion. So then I'm thinking, all right, maybe they're going to do a cinematic match uh, as we've seen, you know, Bray Wyatt do in the past. So obviously everything that he did with John Cena and the Firefly Funhouse and all of that good stuff. But then I'm like, okay, so what? We're going to bring back the cinematic thing. 
what is happening? I want to hear your guys' theories on the pitch black match because I'm not really sure I know what to expect unless they're unless they're, it's a blindfold match, but they're just calling it this. So I don't know if they're going to go out there in blindfolds. I don't know if they're going to go out there and turn out the lights. I don't know if they're going to do a cinematic match. Uh, I'm not entirely too sure what the pitch black match actually entails. Uh, I'm interested, but, uh, it, it, you know, the, the execution is going to definitely be interesting. Like if they just go, obviously, if they turn out the lights, you're still going to be able to see clearly. It's not going to be like pitch, pitch black, even though that's the name. But I just don't know what they're doing for this. So let's see what people are saying here. Um, we got Deontay Swainier who sends in a super chat saying, after Bray was lit on fire and goo at WrestleMania, I heard pitch black match and started laughing. Also, I'm 99.98%. Uh, love you, Denise. Thank you so much to Deontay Swainier. Obviously, we'll talk more about um, the percentages and what we think for uh, AEW on the AEW side of things for that uh, Soraya's mystery partner. We'll talk about that later. But in terms of Bray Wyatt, um, I really hope this pitch black match is a good concept. And I hope I hope it's good. That's all I can hope for, for, hope for, right? Everybody's been waiting to see Bray Wyatt in action. And now we're kind of getting it. I don't even know what we're getting. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying, thanks for, uh, thanks for everything this year and happy new year. Uh, I really appreciate this, Grapple Geekery. Thank you so much uh, for sending in uh, that lovely super chat uh, there. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, so let's see what we got here, uh, what people are saying about all of this. Um, <laughs> I don't think people even know. People are asking, is it not the same as a lights out match? You would assume, right? But I'm not really too entirely sure if it is or if it isn't, to be honest. They didn't really say anything, so I don't know. Um, Rim Ram says, I don't know if they're making it up as they go along, but they're definitely trying to stretch it over a longer period of time than they have content for. And this, and you can tell, you can definitely tell. Like it's obvious when something is really just like planned out in advance. And when something is being stretched out, like I'm pretty sure they had an idea of what they wanted to do with the Bray Wyatt character. That's that's very clear to me. It's very clear to me that there was an idea in place, that there is an idea in place, but it's just a matter of keeping it interesting on a week by week basis, you know? And I feel like if this was something like everything that we've been getting, if this all happened like in a one month period, I think this wouldn't be too bad. But given that it's now been way more than that, it feels like we're not, I don't know, it's not, it feels like they're killing time. And it's very obvious, which is why we knew that this match, we we're finally going to see Bray Wyatt wrestle, but until the Royal Rumble. So that's kind of where we're at with all of that. Um, and uh, we have a comment here from Aiden who says that these Rumble stories are dragging. Um, really just for this one here, uh, and we'll talk more about some of the other stories, but for this one, for sure, it kind of is. But hey, we're finally getting it. Whatever the pitch black match is, we're officially getting it. Um, let's see what else we got. Keep Duran says... Uh, his prediction is that he's guessing the lights out is in the he's guessing that the lights will be out in the arena with the fireflies in the audience for some kind of lighting. I mean, that would definitely fit the aesthetic of Bray Wyatt, but oh man, in that case, I'm gonna have to turn on my flash and make sure I can actually see what's happening. <laughs> Matt Logan sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Matt, who says, Denise, not half 
not happy that after being gone for eight months, Charlotte Flair comes in and takes the world title. All the women worked hard only to have her walk right back into the title. Happy New Year. Uh, thank you so much, Matt, for sending in the Super Chats. Much appreciated. Seriously, um, I love when people send in their thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second because that is going to be the major thing we talk about on this show. But before we get to that, let's get into Sheamus versus Solo Sokoa. So this is actually something that I have really been enjoying. And it's funny because I didn't enjoy how they first brought in Solo Sokoa into the main roster, but that was for other reasons, right? But ever since the last, you know, since they brought him in and everything that they've been doing with him each and every single week, I have been a fan of Solo Sokoa. I wasn't really a fan of his on NXT. On NXT, I didn't really think we saw anything too spectacular from Solo Sokoa, but I think they've done a great job of um, really building him up to feel like something special. Obviously, his association with the bloodline and everything involving that has been, you know, ace. It's been gold. It's been good stuff, right? And, um... But they've also done enough to kind of give him his own identity and give him his own thing to kind of do. And that's one of the things that I have been enjoying is that they have made Solo Sokoa feel like a force. So we got to see him wrestle Sheamus here tonight. And this was a fun one. This was definitely a fun one. I did like their other match a little bit more, but this one was still uh, pretty okay. Uh, we got Sheamus basically going in there, getting him with some chops right away, getting him with a knee right away. Uh, Sheamus basically knocking him down uh knocking uh both the usos down at one point uh off the top rope to the down below uh, always comes to my mind always comes to my mind um but anyways he knocks Seamus knocks down the usos when he goes to the outside getting them kind of like a little bit out of the picture there uh but back in the ring we finally see uh Solo Sokoa hits Sheamus with a slam onto the ring apron. They get back into the ring, and for the actual finish, I loved the finish because you see Solo Sokoa just hit the Samoan spike, and it looks really freaking good, right? Uh, gets the pin, one, two, three on Sheamus, and it felt like a pretty damn good victory for Solo Sokoa, so I really liked how fast it all just happened. And then... Uh, afterwards, we do see Drew McIntyre uh, basically come back because, you know, Solo Sokoa and the Usos are kind of, uh, you know, taking a little bit of advantage there of Sheamus after this match. So Drew McIntyre returns. As you guys know, he was out for quite a bit for a couple of weeks or so. But he's back and they kind of tease Drew McIntyre, Solo Sokoa, which I think is the perfect or one of the perfect ways to go about this. Uh, happy to see Drew McIntyre back. Uh, he works really freaking hard so i'm happy he's back and that he came back on the show and let's see what people are saying about this we got a super chat from danny padilla who says charlotte winning the title the more things change the more they stay the same oh boy i can already tell how you guys are feeling about uh the whole charlotte flair thing so let's start diving right in we got this all started with raquel rodriguez versus ronda rousey for the title. Now, I want to start off by saying that, you know, things haven't necessarily gone too great for Ronda Rousey. Uh, a lot of people were just really over her as champion. Her matches, her recent matches were not good. They were nothing to, they were, they were not good, just like flat out not good, right? And just things weren't working out for Ronda. And the people really, really, I don't even want to say turned on her, because 
There was a lot of people that already didn't like Ronda Rousey, but it feels like a lot more people turned on Ronda Rousey, okay? And it was crazy to me because I know that Ronda, in terms of like the match quality was not good. The promos were not good, but I'm still thinking like, okay, it's Ronda Rousey. Obviously, she's a big star. There's so much that can be done with Ronda if they just book her a different way, if they keep her a little bit more special, but they weren't doing that. They took so much of her aura away and it really impacted her on the show and the way that she was being presented. Uh, It wasn't connecting with the fans whatsoever. And to the point where the SmackDown women's division has not been great. Like it's been literally Ronda and then nobody else that has been, you know, really built up to be like a challenger to Ronda Rousey. And then Ronda Rousey wasn't like that great of a champion at all. So it was just not, nothing was working in terms of the SmackDown women's division. Okay. And so we get this match. So with all that being said, uh, we get this match between Raquel and Ronda. And I do want to say that this was definitely on the better side of Ronda Rousey matches. I actually enjoyed Raquel versus Ronda here. So we kind of saw a lot of good stuff. Uh, Ronda Rousey quickly like slapping Raquel, kind of giving her, you know, a little bit of some attitude there. Raquel uh, doing like a spinning slam on Ronda Rousey. Uh, They go a pretty lengthy match, which, you know, basically played into everything that happened afterwards. But during this match, we see that Raquel is obviously working off of that bad arm, that bad elbow. And so this basically takes a a toll on her on this entire matchup. So Ronda Rousey eventually gets the win on uh, on Raquel after she uh, gets her with the arm bar and right away uh, Raquel taps out. So that's the end of that. She retains her title. And I'm thinking at this point in time, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? This match wasn't bad. This was good. Okay, great. Um, in terms of Raquel, before I forget, I do want to mention though that Raquel did a phenomenal job in this match. She did a great job selling. She did a great job uh, just with everything that she did in here. She did a great job. The only thing that I want to see that should be changed is that I think they're keeping Raquel a little bit too much in a box where they're not really giving her a real character like she's just Raquel but there's nothing else there's nothing more to that so um I kind of hope to see a little bit of an alter an alteration of her character maybe something that gives her just a little bit more presence because she's got the skill she's got a great look and I kind of would just like to see a little bit of a change in terms of her presentation because I think she definitely has everything that it takes to be one of the top women on the roster but she needs to have that like I don't know, a shift, a shift so that when she comes out, like people actually like get this like huge reaction right now. She's still getting the like, okay, it's Raquel, let's clap, but she's still not getting that like huge, like pop reaction. So I do think that they should maybe uh, just maybe switch up a little bit of her character, give her a little bit of something where we know like, okay, you know what? This is Raquel and this is who she is. Uh, so I hope they don't really just keep her in this box. Uh, I wanted to see her presented just a little bit different, but anyway, she did phenomenal, phenomenal in this match. But now let's get into what happened afterwards. So afterwards, we ended up seeing Charlotte Flair come back. Her music hits and she has a new theme. It's a little bit altered. It's nice. It's good. It's it's fine. Um, Charlotte comes out and uh, I'm thinking, 
holy crap, I wasn't expecting Charlotte until the Royal Rumble. Like, I was expecting her to come back, uh, you know, as a surprise entrance in the Rumble. Like, I wasn't expecting her uh, any time before that. I really, truly was not. But she comes out there, and she gets in the face of Ronda Rousey, and Ronda Rousey starts uh, mocking her. She just kind of starts mocking her, and um, basically, Charlotte Flair challenges Ronda Rousey to a match then and there. And I'm thinking, okay, they're probably going to find some way to get out of it. Like this match isn't going to really happen, right? Like I wasn't thinking this match was going to happen. And then Ronda's like, okay, you know what? Let's do this freaking match. And I'm thinking, oh shit, they're actually going to do this match. And then I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're going to do, do it later on. No, this match is happening right here, right now. Okay. And this completely went by so fast um so we see flair uh, charlotte flair hit her with a boot to the face to ronda rousey goes for the pin it's a near fall okay and then afterwards we see ronda rousey lock her in with an arm bar and this is when we see so when she locks in the arm bar charlotte ends up rolling her using that rolling her up and getting the pin. Uh, one, two, three looked really freaking nice, actually. And she gets the win. This match was like 40 seconds long, okay? This was very, very short. Like the actual match, very, very short. So this happened freaking quick. So challenges her, has the match, wins the SmackDown Women's Championship, gets the title, and she just starts celebrating, goes into the crowd, comes out of the crowd, goes to the stage, fireworks bam 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 um and charlotte flair is now a champion once again now i cut i'm curious because well i'm not curious i'm seeing a lot of people and this was expected uh because a lot of people have had a lot of criticisms about the way that charlotte flair has been booked there's a lot of people that think that uh she's always you know getting the attention that everything's about her and this and that and this and that there's a lot of complaints okay now with all of that being said uh, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan. I love Charlotte Flair. So I know that there are these criticisms about Charlotte. Um, I'm going to tell you, I freaking love everything she does. And I am so freaking stoked that she is back. And she, and I know people don't want to hear this for the people that do not like Charlotte Flair. I know they don't want to hear this, but she is going to bring back some life into the SmackDown women's division. Now, Obviously, now we have a different person in charge, and that is Triple H. So I don't know how things are going to look, how things are going to be different in terms of, obviously, how Vince McMahon was putting at Charlotte out there and how Triple H is going to put Charlotte out there. I do think that it was necessary to get the belt off of Ronda Rousey because it was dying a slow death. And now with Charlotte Flair there, I do think that she is going to bring back so much life to the point where you're not you're not feeling the way that you were with Ronda Rousey as champion. So I feel like they really thought, you know what? We need to get the championship off of Ronda. And Charlotte comes in there. She gets the title. And um, now I'm really just hoping that we get to see more now. Okay, now that we have a champion that feels a lot more exciting than Ronda Rousey. And I really love Ronda Rousey too. I'm, I'm a fan of Ronda's, but I'm not a fan of what they've been doing with her lately. Like I can't, I can't force myself to be a fan of what they had been doing recently with Ronda Rousey. It just wasn't happening. Um, a fan of hers just wasn't a fan of what they were doing. So with 
So, you know, now that Charlotte's champion, now I just hope that they really, they really build some more of these other women. I really hope we see something different. I really hope we see other people get, um, you know, opportunities that just get them like built up a little bit more so that when they do face Charlotte, it feels important. Now, I know some people are sitting here thinking like, nah, Denise, that's not going to happen. But I have hope for it. Okay. I really, really do. So um, I was happy to see Charlotte Flair back. I was completely shocked at the way that everything went down, though, in terms of I wasn't expecting her tonight and I wasn't her expect I wasn't expecting to see the championship be defended today against Rhonda and Charlotte in this very brief match. And the way that it happened too, obviously they made sure to protect Rhonda in that because Rhonda had just fought a hard battle um with Raquel. And then on top of that, the way that Charlotte got the win, it was very quick, like sudden flash type of the type of deal. So I do feel that they like protected Rhonda and all of that. But it was still very shocking, though. Like I wasn't expecting all of this to unfold and it all unfolded within like a minute or a minute and a half with the talking. If you include the talking, uh, it was it was kind of nuts. Um, but let's see what people are saying here. Uh, Danny Padilla says, hope you had a great 2022, Denise, and hope your 2023 is even better. Thank you for all your hard work, girl. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Danny, for the very kind and generous super chat. I'm much appreciated. Um, okay, let's see what we got here. This is from Twitch Face 4 who says, Charlotte's losing it next week and then winning it in two weeks and then losing it in three weeks and then winning it again in four weeks and so on and so on until she gets up to 16 and they can pretend she's the greatest ever. Okay, so first of all, I get what you mean by this. We've seen it happen. We know that this happens a lot, but I still think that, uh, you know, obviously Charlotte does a great job in ring wise. So she's great in ring wise. She's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, but yes, I do get the fact that this happens a lot where it's win, lose, win, lose, just get that number, keep going up and whatnot. But let's see what else we got here. Uh, this is from Christopher S who says, look aside, uh, look aside, they need to book Raquel like Vader. Oh, looks aside, they need to book Raquel like Vader, says Christopher S. Um, I want to see Raquel have like a breakout year, sort of like Rhea Ripley. Like Rhea Ripley, you know, she obviously she, she came in and she became Raw Women's Champion right away. But her reign as Raw Women's Champion, like the first time, really wasn't anything too extraordinary, which was kind of disappointing because, you know, people were really rooting for Rhea Ripley to have like a awesome run right it was it was it was fine it was okay but it wasn't like anything too spectacular um and but she's really had like Rhea's really had her breakout year um I would say like this year like she's just become like a whole new like she's just leveled up completely like that whole stare off between her and Becky Lynch dude that was really good stuff um Raquel Obviously, she's still a little a little bit away from being at that Rhea Ripley level, but I do think that she can get there. Uh, like I said, she has the look, she has the skill, and uh, it's just a matter of the way that the that they present her. I think they need to change her music. They need to not box her. They put her in a box. They can't do that, and they tend to do this a lot, especially with like people of color and whatnot. And they put them in a box. Like, don't do that. Like, let them have a character besides just like you know just her background. Like, I feel like that's the only character that they've given her. Like, let her be more than that, you know? Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. I hope they change her music. I hope they let give her just more of a, let her show her personality, you know? Uh, thank you so much to Christopher S for sending in uh, this super chat as well. Let's get some more thoughts in here about, uh, 
about uh, Charlotte Flair. And uh, Daniel says, uh, even though Charlotte Flair is back in the new SmackDown Women's Champion, how long will it be for Charlotte Flair to turn heel? I mean, that feels like her, um, that feels like her natural, like that feels, Charlotte as a heel to me feels very natural because she's really good at that role and she's really good at getting people to hate her. Uh, And you see it, man, you see it. But um, man, I don't know. I don't know. It could be right away maybe they'll try something different i don't i don't know uh let's see what else we got here we got a super chat from steven who says seen a lot of people online complaining about charlotte but let's wait and see how the new regime books charlotte i'm a fan of charlotte as well i am too man i really am too and sometimes i feel sometimes like i get the criticism that people give about charlotte and her booking but i also see sometimes people they criticize like criticizing the booking is one thing, but then people also criticize her in ring wise. And I'm like, okay, it's one thing to hate the way that she's booked. And because you feel like your favorites aren't getting an opportunity. And then it's an entirely different thing to say, oh, she sucks in the ring. Cause she definitely does not freaking suck in the ring. Okay. So I do see some people not being able to distinguish the two things. Like there's, there's, there's a thing between there's, you can have an issue with the booking that doesn't take away somebody's, uh, you know, in-ring skill. And so I see that a lot on social media where I'm like, okay, mm, you kind of lost the argument right there, okay? But anyways, so I do hope that people are able to at least distinguish the two things. Uh, Thank you to Steven for sending in uh, this super chat here today. And um, all right, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, we got a lot of people pretty much saying this too, saying uh, this is from Twitch Face who says, whatever you think of Charlotte, the whole thing where they're trying to make her a 16-time champion is ridiculous because most of her title reigns are short and they don't mean anything. And this has been obviously a running uh, a running thing for sure. But I still think that should not take away from a lot of the really great matches that she's had with people. Um, she always goes out there and delivers. And that's why I'm a fan of Charlotte Flair. And I'm excited that she's back. And I am hoping for things to switch up a little bit under Triple H. Really, really hoping for that. I'm really hoping that instead of, I'm really hoping that we see Charlotte use her star power to elevate some of the other women, but also, you know, have it like you, I want to see them go out there and really, really, you know, grow, really grow and do go out there and have these good matches, you know, like we saw Bianca Belair, like her, her rise, Bianca Belair's rise and has been part, like it's been Barnum, like it's been phenomenal seeing Bianca Belair's run. I mean, rise, excuse me. And uh, Rhea Ripley, she's getting there, man. She's getting there. But we need to see more. We need to see more uh, people rising up to freshing things up and really just not be stuck in a situation where it's like like what we were with Ronda Rousey, where Ronda was out there. And yeah, Ronda's the star because Ronda is Ronda. But having women to compete against her. And the same thing happened to Bianca Belair. When Bianca Belair was champion uh, and, you know, she was feuding with Bailey. This was prior to the injury uh, that Bailey sustains. Prior to that injury, when Bailey and Bianca were feuding, uh, Bailey got injured. She left and Bianca was kind of left with nobody. She was left with nobody. And then afterwards we saw, you know, you know, things get moved around with the rosters, but there was a period where Bianca didn't really have anybody when Bailey left. And um, so, yeah, so like you can have, you know, a good champion like Bianca when she was SmackDown Women's Champion and then not have anybody else to be, you know, in that position to challenge for the title and actually be, you know, a believable challenger. So 
keep building people up is what I'm trying to get at. Keep building people up. Um, so I'm hoping we do get that with the SmackDown side of things. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and continue on from here. Uh, we still got a couple more uh, stuff to talk about on the SmackDown side of things. And uh, they showed footage of Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley showing up to the Mysterios for uh, Christmas. Um, <laughs> I had seen like a little bit of this on social media, but I hadn't seen it the whole way through. So I finally saw when uh, Ray's wife slapped Rhea Ripley. Oh my God, that was my favorite part. And then Dominic afterwards is basically saying that he wouldn't survive in jail. That was pretty funny. So uh, I like that they do this. Those are fine. Like I, I wish we were, I wish we did, we got those. Well, obviously we can't get those on the actual show because you know, it's supposed to be the holidays and all of that, but still these are pretty funny. Uh, these are actually a win. We got a backstage interaction between the New Day, the Maximum Male Models, uh, Madcap Moss, and Ricochet. And this was hilarious because you guys all remember that botch from Top Dalla uh, when he went over the top rope, but like barely. <laughs> that was everywhere, man. I didn't even watch that show live. I watched it afterwards. And I remember I was at GCW when this happened. And literally everybody was texting me the clip of Top Dollar. <laughs> so bless his heart. Um, I'm glad. I'm so glad that they're turning this into a joke and making it part of the story now. Because it was so bad. But at least now they're able to laugh at it. Or at least everybody else is except Top Dollar. And there was some really funny parts like Xavier Woods they had a they had so uh the new day had a, a broom and they put a broom almost like they were setting it up like almost like limbo and they were like oh can you jump over it and he said something that he couldn't jump over it and then Xavier Woods was like man you couldn't even like jump over the ropes last week something like that it was really freaking funny though um so I'm glad that they're making it into a joke now and uh, I feel like you should do that just to kind of it's better to laugh at yourself when you make a mistake than have everybody else laughing at you and you just have to take there and like feel like a fool you know so it's better that they made it into a joke it's best better to laugh at yourself um all right so moving on from here um, and Daniel asked how for how about hit row as a heel turn? I feel like they kind of felt like heels to me today because they did not find any of this hilarious. Obviously, they don't come across to me, at least not today as baby faces, but I really haven't been digging hit row so much like I dug some stuff that they did like when they were in those multi man matches I didn't think were too bad. But I haven't been too crazy about Hit Row uh, since their return. So uh, I'm hoping things get better for them. But it, it's been a little bit um, not too great. But anyways, moving on from this. Oh, man, guys, I don't want to see Braun Strowman defeat Gunther. And I have a real strong feeling that that's where they're headed. Uh, um, obviously, they're going to do the Intercontinental Championship um, when they say in two weeks. In two weeks, we're going to see the, uh, Gunther def defend his Intercontinental Championship against Braun Strowman. They've been building to this, right? And I just want to say this. I do not want to see Braun Strowman defeat Gunther. 
I really, really don't. But I feel like they're gonna do it. I feel like that's where they're going because they feel they need to do this for Braun Strowman to give him, you know, something ever since he came back. Since he came back, he's been going out there. He's been looking like his monster self. But that's it. There hasn't been anything else. Meanwhile, Gunther has been going out there, been portrayed very strongly. He's been having bomb-ass Intercontinental Championship matches. And I don't want to see that come to an end. I don't, I would really like it if we just saw Gunther just freaking, I don't care. I don't care if we have to see Braun Strowman Gunther three times and see Gunther defeat him all three times. I'm cool with that. I'm so cool with that. I just don't want to see Braun Strowman defeat Gunther. I feel like there's way more, there's way more upside to keeping Gunther like freaking unstoppable than it is to do that with Braun Strowman. Like I feel like Braun Strowman, I just don't want to see it, guys. I uh, I don't want to see him defeat Gunther. And I'm really afraid that that's where they're going. I might riot. Screw that. I'm going to riot. I'm going to be so pissed um, in two weeks if this happens. Uh, yeah, I just know I'm going to be pissed. Anyways, he comes out there. He clotheslines Gunther. He uh, does the, Stro the Strowman Express on Kaiser and Vinci. And... Uh, he goes and tries to do it on Gunther, but Gunther puts him to the barricade and then they get him with a couple of chair shots and he's pretty much outnumbered. Uh, Ricochet comes out to help him out, gets the guys with the chair, and that's pretty much how this whole thing ends. Man, I don't know what else. King of Huecamundo says, yeah, this is going to end bad. I'm pretty sure this is going to end with Braun Strowman defeating Gunther. I just know it. I just know it. I'm trying to prepare myself for it, but I don't want to. I really don't want to. This is one of the situations where I just don't want to see it. Man. You know, I've never thought, I, I've never mind. I was going to say, I've never felt like tweeting directly to Triple H and saying, don't let this happen on the show. This is the one thing where I would actually tweet and be like, you know what? At Triple H, do not have Braun Strowman defeat Gunther. This is the one thing that I would actually do it for. Uh, but I don't want to be that person. Anyways, um, moving on to our main event of SmackDown. This is what I honestly thought was going to be like the most newsy thing to talk about on the show. And it ended up being like not the newsiest thing. Uh, obviously, the newsiest thing was Charlotte. Um, but this is the main event we all knew was coming. And it was Sami Zayn teaming up with his tribal chief, Roman Reigns, against Kevin Owens and John Cena. So... Obviously, John Cena came back to do this match to keep his streak alive um, and have a match for 2022. So um, this match was pretty fun. I mean, it was an easy day for John Cena. He went in there and he, he didn't have to do much. Uh, Sammy and Kevin Owens kick off this match and Kevin Owens is trolling Sammy Zayn. He's making fun of him because at one point he brings Sammy Zayn down to the ground and he starts telling him, like, you're embarrassing your tribal chief. Look at you. You're embarrassing your tribal chief. And Sammy Zayn like pissed and Roman Reigns is just there looking all bougie and then um uh Sammy Sammy Zayn Sammy Zayn is kind of standing there and Roman Reigns asked to be tagged in when he asked to be tagged in uh Kevin Owens starts telling starts telling Sammy like you're just gonna be a puppy dog you're just gonna be a puppy dog and do what Roman wants you to do so Sammy looks at him and he just goes in and he smacks the hands of Roman Reigns uh to get tagged into the actual match so um during this while Roman Reigns is getting ready to go into the actual matchup everybody's just chanting for John Cena and John Cena's like dying to get in there. There's a face off between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns with John Cena, just like yearning to get into,
into the match, but we end up going to a commercial break. We come back from the commercial break. We do see more of Kevin Owens and uh, Roman Reigns with Kevin Owens hitting a really awesome frog splash on Roman. And then uh, Roman goes for a spear to Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens moves out of the way. So Roman goes straight into the, uh, into the post. And then finally we get John Cena getting in the hot tag. He goes in there, gets Sami Zayn with a couple of shoulder uh, tackles. Then he does the you can't see me to Roman Reigns, slams Roman, slams Sammy, and then both uh Roman, both John Cena and Sammy's, sorry, John Cena and Kevin Owens, both of them do a double five knuckle shuffle. And Sammy then uh Sam Sammy then takes a, a stunner from Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens wins this match for uh for the team. So also, and I hope the chat can help me out with this. So after this, Kevin Owens' eye is completely busted open. I do not know the exact moment that Kevin Owens busted open his eye. It was like one second he's doing the five-knuckle shuffle, winning this match, and next thing you know, he looks up and he's got this like big bulging uh, red eye, blood coming out, that type of thing. So right away, it looked really ugly uh so hope uh kevin owens is okay but this was a really easy night uh john cena went in there got his you know did his thing got out it was fun though honestly it was really fun uh let's see what people are saying here uh raja says out of um outside of punches i think cena did three moves and took none in the ring right it was very very brief like he just went in there and had a very easy night um, but it's fine it's john cena we're just happy he's there we're we're at that stage uh we got a super chat from it's really brian thank you so much to brian who says hey denise just got home from smackdown and had a great time the pops for charlotte and cena were insane wishing you a great 2023 and keep killing it thank you so much brian i hope you had a good time at smackdown uh this was definitely the smackdown to be at this was like the best smackdown of the year um i don't remember if there was another smackdown better than today for 2022 i don't think so I'm probably forgetting right now, but this one feels like it's definitely up there, which should tell you everything. Um, this was a good SmackDown to be at. You got John Cena, who you don't get very often, and the return of Charlotte. And she did great. She did get a massive pop too. People were like, yes. And I think people also get really excited when someone returns in their hometown because you're like, yes, this is a show that they chose to return this person at. Uh, so yeah, she got a really good pop. Uh, thank you so much to Brian for sending in this super chat and uh, very happy you went to the show and had a good time. Um, all righty. So now let's get into uh, the preview for a uh, SmackDown and then we'll go ahead and jump into Rampage. There's only going to be a couple things to talk about Rampage, uh, not too much, but uh, next week for SmackDown, the first SmackDown of the year, we are going to be getting the uh, Usos defending the undisputed tag team titles against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. So that should be a nice little hard hitting match there. They're also going to do Ricochet versus Top Adala for a Royal Rumble qualifying match. Now, I wonder how many of these qualifying matches we're, we're going to get or if it's just going to be like the one. Uh, you know how it is, guys. Like some people can just be like, hi. I'm Denise and I enter into the rumble. Meanwhile, other people are, have to qualify. So however they decide, whatever the luck of the draw is for the person, because Kofi Kingston already said he's in the rumble. He, he announced himself in the rumble like two months ago. Uh, so he's already in, uh, which makes me laugh when stuff like that happens because then I'm, because when you have somebody just say, 
oh, I'm in the rumble and they're in the rumble. And then you have other people having to do qualifying matches. Like it doesn't make sense. Like you either have everybody qualify or whatever, but that's kind of how they've been doing it. So not much else to say. Uh, in two weeks, we are going to be getting the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and Braun Strowman. So that's where we're at with all of that. Um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into AEW Rampage. And uh, there's only there's not too much to really um, talk about, honestly, here. But there were some things to obviously go over. And I will say that I loved the opening match and I loved the main event and everything else in between was missable. We had Orange Cassidy versus Trent Beretta for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I thought this match was pretty fun. Um, and there were some good moments during this one here. I really liked in the beginning when uh, Trent, they were on the outside, and Trent went for a spear. And instead, Orange Cassidy leapfrogs, leapfrogs so Trent ends up running right into the barricade. So that was kind of a cool little spot that they did there. Uh, back in the ring, we see uh, Orange Cassidy hit his DDT. Always looks really good. He goes for a pin. Trent kicks out. Trent gets him with a tombstone later on. Orange Cassidy hits the beach break. Uh, goes for the pin again, but kicks out. Um, finally, for the finish, we do see Orange Cassidy hit his uh, orange punch and wins this match. And afterwards, you see Trent just like walking out. Um, and so I don't know what to tell you guys about the future of the best friends, but it ain't looking too great. Um, this one for Orange Cassidy as All-Atlantic champion, I've been wanting to see more bigger matches for the All-Atlantic title. I feel like that, I feel like they need to do bigger matches. And there's times where I even forget that this is a championship belt in AEW. So I would really like to see bigger matches for Orange Cassidy as All-Atlantic champion. And then I also want to see bigger matches for Trent in 2023 because he's somebody that every, he, I feel like he's always, He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride type of thing where you see him go out there and he delivers and he has a great and he has great matches, but there he never gets like a actual real like a real push like you never see him in these big, uh, you know, big moments like even like Wheeler Yuta has had bigger moments and you know Daniel Garcia and all these other guys. Um, I would like to see something like that for Trent Beretta. I feel like he goes out there and he really freaking delivers and then that's it. Like, he's the guy that comes out and has good matches, and then that's it. But I would really like to see more for Tremperetta in 2023. Like, he's somebody that I would be like, yo, Tony, put him in bigger matches, man. Um, he's someone that I want to see kind of break out of where he's at right now uh, on this point of the roster. So that's where I'm at with this. Um, afterwards, man, uh, so Preston Vance, 10 is now apparently part of Los Ingobernables and he's going by, and I'm going to say it the way he said it, okay? He's going by Perro. Yeah, he said Perro. So it's funny because, you know, he's obviously not going to be saying Perro. Um, Perro Peligroso. So, but it's actually Perro Peligroso. Um, and a little bit, he's put a little bit more love into the R's, you know, a little bit more of the rolling of the tongue there. Uh, so he didn't actually nail the part of it, but whatever. Uh, he's now going by Dangerous Dog. Um <laughs> And he's just going out there and saying how he uh, has no remorse for what he did. He says if he would have known that, you know, belittling a child on TV was going to get him on the spotlight, he would have done it years ago. Um, I don't just tell you about this, guys. It's like, 
random. It's super random. I hope it works out, but it's super freaking random. I don't know if this would have been something that I would have came up with, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. I don't know what else to tell you guys. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, M. Caspito says, rolling R's are tough, Denise, even for us Mexicans. Nah, you know what? No, I think the R's has always been like the easiest thing to get. Like rolling my R's is like the one thing I'm actually really good at. Um, other than that, not good at anything else. But anyways, um, <laughs> Santiago316 says, homeboy needs to roll his R's. He does. He was like, pero, <laughs> pero, <laughs> freaking pero. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying at Perro. Uh, you know what? That's what I'm going to call him now. I'm even going to call him Perro. I'm going to call him Perro. Perro Peligroso. Uh, sounds so funny. Anyways, that's what they're doing there with Preston. He no longer wants to be Preston Vance, by the way. He's Perro Peligroso. Um, you know. <laughs> All right. Moving on from here. Uh, Christopher says, rolling the R's is easy for me since, I'm Al since he's Salvadoranian. Hell yeah, man. Get your R's in there. I'm really proud of my R's. Oh, man. that's The people are going to clip that out, and this is going to turn into a whole entire podcast, like a different type of podcast. Like if you just get the clip of just the R's, just the part, it just sounds like I'm promoting something or just something really weird is happening here. So I'm going to move on. You know, I don't want to be – I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. We got a backstage segment between Darby Allen and Sting. And Darby is uh, challenging for the TNT title against uh, Samoa Joe next week in Seattle. I'm assuming he's winning. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm assuming he's winning. It feels like he's winning. Uh, does Samoa Joe really need two bouts? Maybe not. Obviously we would like, we don't care. I want to see, I don't mind seeing him with two bouts till forever, right? But does he really need it? Nah, not really. If Darby were to win the title at, in Seattle, obviously his hometown, uh, this would definitely be something worthwhile. But anyways, he basically says that he feels that um, that no one really believes in him and he's kind of a little bit upset. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and uh, he tells Sting, like, I don't even think you believe in me. And Sting basically gives him, uh, he kind of fires him up for this. Like it, it Sting wants him to have this like angry chip on his shoulder. Like Sting wants him to be mad. I don't think we're going to get the breakup of Sting and Darby anytime soon. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a fall apart or anything. I just think that Sting is finding some different ways to maybe motivate Darby Allen. Uh, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm not making too much of this. Um, that's where I'm at with all of this. Yeah, Keep Duran says Sting gave Darby his dad talk. He definitely did. That was all that he did. He saw that Darby was angry and he just let him go with it. You know what? If anger is going to drive you and motivate you, might as well. Um, after this, I did not care for this whatsoever. This was Cape, Kip Sabian defeating uh, Atiba. Don't even know. This was like a one-minute match. Uh, nothing really to even talk about here, guys. Like, I don't really... I did not really care for this whatsoever. So I'm just going to continue on. Uh, John Moxley. And this was also pretty straightforward. We kind of already knew this based off of Dynamite because uh, they had that backstage segment on Dynamite, which we talked about, where um, Hangman Page is kind of a little salty and he's 
you know, a little, little grouchy that day, a little grumpy. And the doctor basically tells him, you know what, you could be cleared in two weeks, as long as you don't go out there and have these brawls with John Moxley. And you could be cleared for LA. So they pretty much already let us know that we're going to be seeing orange. Uh, we're gonna be seeing hangman page and uh, John Moxley in the Los Angeles show at the forum. So they haven't necessarily officially announced it. But then John Moxley comes out here. And he basically says like, Yeah, you know what? He's pretty much happening. He tells him, let me know what your doctor says. If your doctor says you're good, then let's do this match. And then he says, he closes it out by saying, hangman, keep your hand up, bitch. <laughs> Literally, that's what he said. Um, so I think we can pretty much count on the fact that we're going to be seeing hangman and John Moxley at the LA show. And I said this on Wednesday, but that LA show, guys, it's looking like it's going to be a good one. Hangman and Moxley. The ladder match between the, the, the Death Triangle and the Elite, and then Soraya's mystery partner, um, all of that already taking place at that show, or we can estimate all that's happening. They also announced that the Acclaim versus uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett is going to be happening, I believe they said next week's Dynamite. Um, and we got a quick promo from uh, Jeff and Jay and all those guys backstage. Uh, really, the only thing I really liked about this was when Jeff Jarrett said that he's had more shower time in the 36 years that he's been in the business uh, than, than, than either Max or Anthony have had in their entire careers in the ring. So that was pretty funny. That was a really good line. Obviously, they're pissed off about the rap uh, that was done on AEW Dynamite. So this was fine. This was pretty good. Um, After we ended up having a match between Jade Cargill and Kiara Hogan for the TBS championship. This was honestly the most that we've seen from Kiara Hogan, to be honest. I don't know what she's been doing on Dark because I don't watch Dark. But in terms of like Dynamite and Rampage, this was definitely the most we've seen from Kiara Hogan. Uh, the match itself was okay. Nothing to uh, blow away whatsoever. Jade hits her jaded and she's now uh, 46 and oh so this was pretty uh, straightforward and they're still continuing the tease between Red Velvet and Jade Cargill um, that's definitely looking like the direction that they're going in obviously these two women have history we've seen them work together early early on and Red Velvet did pretty good in those matches I remember that um, and that's where they're going with this Red Velvet Jade Cargill for the main event we got Swerve Strickland versus Wheeler Utah. And um, we had the Mogul affiliates out on ringside. And <laughs> they were just basically Wheeler Utah at one point, like he ended up on the outside, and the Mogul affiliates were just like dogging him, you know, threatening him, just like looking at him. So their job is to like be out there and look mean and look menacing. That's what the Mogul affiliates are. And if that's what they're gonna be, cool. That's fine. Thumbs up. It's better to have them maybe stay within their limits than to try to do more if it's not going to really work. So for the Mongo affiliates, okay, fine. Um, this match itself, though, was a really fun main event for Rampage. I really liked a lot of what they did here. Um, I really liked how they made uh, Wheeler Yuta. They made Wheeler Yuta look pretty damn good in this match. Uh, Swerve was pretty much working the, the leg. Uh, I believe it was the left leg of Yuta. And um, you saw that really take a toll on him throughout this entire match. Uh, we see Swerve hit him with a brain buster, but uh, Yuta kicks out of that. Swerve at one point tries to cheat in this match by pulling the trunks of Yuta, 
during a roll-up, but it doesn't work out for him. Afterwards, we see him hit a really brutal drop kick to the knee of Yuda. That was actually one of my favorite parts of this match. A superplex off the top rope is executed. And then for the finish, we end up seeing the referee, the referee get knocked down. And uh, Swerve uses this opportunity to essentially hit him with a low blow and get this win. Uh, he hits, hits his driver and gets the win. Low blow, hits his driver, gets the win. Um, the match itself was perfectly good for, for, um, for the show. I thought that the main event was perfectly fine. Um, and I liked how I made both Wheeler Yuta and Swerve look. Uh, this was all fine, guys. This was good stuff. Man, I thought like there's been a lot of main events on Rampage recently that haven't been great. So I really think that this one kind of brought it back in terms of actually being a good main event on Rampage. So I was happy that they put it on the show. Um, but there you go. That was AEW Rampage. That was SmackDown. Um, wow, I can't believe it, everyone. That is it. This is my last and final 2022 podcast of the year. Uh, after this, I can, I'm throwing a party tomorrow. Well, it's not, I don't know if you really want to call it a party. It's literally just like me, my husband, my mom, and my siblings. And we're just going to be eating food and hanging out and whatnot. So I guess that's a party. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to be putting that together in my house. I'm literally going to go to the grocery store like right now to um, buy snacks and stuff for the kids. Um, so that's what I'm doing for New Year's. But I will be back uh, next week guys the same old uh drill but a whole brand new year as always i'm live on tuesdays for nxt wednesdays for aw and fridays for smackdown and rampage i'm really hoping to continue growing the show and doing so much more um and so keep an eye out guys and i hope to see you guys back here uh next year uh, for a speak now pro wrestling. I really hope you guys have an awesome uh, New Year's celebration. Uh, do whatever it is you're going to do. Have a great time. Be safe out there. Uh, and seriously, thank you guys so much for your support each and every single year. Thank you guys so much. Bye, everyone.